0: Hello and welcome back to the Vineyard Youth Online podcast. My name is Dave and I'm the Associate Youth Pastor at Vineyard Church Cardiff.
1: And my name is Rach, I'm the Youth Pastor at Vineyard Church Cardiff. Oh,
0: very nice. Thank you. Um, We hope you guys have had a good week. It was so good to see you guys on Tuesday, but also so good to see you on Sunday. <gasps> Rach, do you want to tell us a little bit about Sunday, last Sunday's Prophecy Workshop?
1: Yes, it was so good. So we basically did like high-speed refresher on what is Prophecy and how do you do it and then we just did a whole bunch of activities to practice hearing from God for each other Um, and it was so cool how often people were like yeah that really makes sense and there were a couple that were like mind-blowingly spot on Like that's exactly the verse that God gave me earlier in the week and you've just given me the exact same one um, so, it was super encouraging. Well done to all of you who gave it a go and stepped out of your comfort zone and came and practiced hearing from God because it was well worth
0: it. That is incredible. Oh, nice one. Um, and so, as always, um, we will start with highlights of the week. What has been your highlight of the week?
1: I'm going to preempt a highlight of the week.
0: Oh, that is bold. <laughs> and
1: in doing so, admit that this obviously isn't live on Sunday. <gasps> um, my preemptive highlight of the week is the the latter half of the week that you've just had um was the vineyard national gathering but i'm i am pre vineyard national gathering i'm going across time (laughs) and um i am expecting it to be epic because we it used to be called the vineyard leaders conference and we go every year and god always speaks and it's always epic it's online sadly this year but i'm still excited
0: nice Wow, bold <coughs> claiming a highlight in yeah. advance. Uh-huh. If it's terrible, we just won't mention it next week. <laughs> um, my highlight—oh, that's such a spiritual one. Mm, I'll be honest. I am. Mm, yeah, mine <laughs> is not. My highlight is—we uh, had um, Aldi's apple. It's like an apple pie oh,
1: that's great. with
0: Aldi's salted caramel pecan ice cream. Oh, yeah. Now I don't know if you've had ice cream from Aldi before. Often, not the best.
1: Very disappointing
0: unreal this ice cream yeah. it was so good And have to um, buy and the
1: specially selected yeah like hot
0: apple pie with this ice cream oh my goodness it was just so tasty so far less spiritual than you my spiritual wife yeah. but I'll, that is my highlight
1: also uh, apple pie undersells it. it was like apple frangipan tart oh, all right it was in a frangipan
0: nice. tart oh no that's a bit mean sorry <laughs> it was yeah, delicious was um, and we would love to hear what you guys have been up to so drop us a text with your highlights of the week as well um to the youth phone 07471 218 219 and if you aren't in a small group and want to join us on tuesdays text the same yes. number and say yo i want to be in a small group homie
1: don't like say that.
0: don't say it like that Why? but um, oh you can if you want <laughs> i'll probably laugh at you but or just be quite impressed yeah let's go Kick it tells us, off. us that
1: they're listening so that's good <gasps> yes um, so we are currently in a series about the bible which is all part of a bigger series of us learning how to do relationship with God in a way that changes us into more of who he created us to be Um, And often the Bible doesn't feel like the most fun part of our faith by any means, but I think that's because we don't really get it, which is totally fair enough. Mm -hmm. It is a massive book that was written over 2,000 years ago and not always the easiest to read and it's made up of loads of different bits and it's really hard to keep up with what on earth is going on sometimes. Um, So it's totally fine if it's not your favourite part of your faith, but our aim today is to help you get your head around it.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So we are going to give you an overview of what actually is the story of the Bible. Because I know for me, when I was a teenager, I thought the Bible was a handbook of how to live as a Christian. If you'd asked me, that's what I would have told you. Um, Just like the world's longest handbook that nobody's actually managed to read the whole of. And so they're just hoping that they're putting the IKEA furniture correctly together.
0: Super long. Do you know the Bible is... Just just shy of three quarters of a million
1: words. Wowzer. Mm. That's a lot of Ikea instructions. That's so many. Uh huh.
0: Anyway, carry on, sorry. Um,
1: but it's not it's not actually a handbook. It's a story. It's a bit like Shrek Knight oh, okay. in Shining okay. Armour, saving the princess from the tower. Um although I'm not suggesting that God's an ogre.
0: Well, that is good. Um, So (laughs) this might be brand new information to you. Like, I thought the Bible was a list of rules. Where on earth have you guys found a story about love and knights in shining armour and rescue in there? Um, Well, we are going to fill you in. So this awesome story is a true story and a very slow one. So in fact, so slow that it's taken the whole of history so far. So obviously, when it was written down, it was written down in little chunks. Um, And if we waited for it to all be over before we wrote any of the chunks down, uh, no one would be able to remember what actually happened at the start because it was thousands, hundreds of thousands of years ago, except God, of course. Um, So, imagine, and you've got to bear with me now, imagine Shrek, the film, was written by flies. It
1: was, wasn't it? No. (laughs) But
0: imagine, flies have a lifespan of, like, max one day. So the story would go something like this. Once upon a time, there was an ogre in a swamp, the end. The end. And then that fly would die and its son oh. would write a new story saying, once upon a time, the swamp ogre woke up to find a whole bunch of fairy tale creatures in his swamp. The end. And then that fly would die. And then his gra- uh, the original fly's grandson would write, once upon a time, the ogre walked to the palace to confront the king. The end. And then the great-great-grandson would write, once upon a time, the king said to the ogre, you have your swamp back, but if you rescue the princess, the end. And... It'll take us all day to cover it, but you see what I mean. From a fly's perspective, the story of Shrek goes on for ages and they have to write it down in tiny little bits as it happened. Now, this is exactly the case with the Bible. From our perspective, the story of the Bible started at the beginning of time and will go on until the end of time. So it has to be written down in little chunks as it happens, which is why it is not just obviously a nice, quick, flowing story.
1: Are you saying that we're flies? Yes. Oh, okay. Um... But that's where we come in, Coach and Dave, your coaches for the morning. Um we are going to tell you the story of the Bible as a nice quick flowing story. Whoa. So here we go. Once upon a time there was God. And God oh, This
0: is nice, I like the storytelling <laughs> voice. Thank
1: you. God created everything, including our earth. Plants, animals and humans. Um, And God made the humans different from the animals. He made the humans to work alongside him to look after this awesome earth and to be friends with God. Um, And the first humans were Adam and Eve. And this is how things should have been. This is the best way for everything. This should be the end of the story. The end. Great. But Ah. these humans decided they didn't really like being second in command to God. They'd rather be totally in charge and push God out of the picture. And they meet a guy called the devil who's basically like, I can tell you how to ditch God and be totally in charge. You'll owe me, but don't worry, you can do whatever you like once you've ditched God. And so then essentially they ditch him.
0: Rude. (laughs) Um, And then, unsurprisingly, it turns out that life isn't actually that great when you've ditched God. Um, but they have kids who have more kids, who have more kids, etc, and all of these people get more and more evil as each generation passes until God decides that he has to do something about it. The evil was so great in the world, and um, he can 't let things keep going in this direction, but there is this one guy called Noah who is friends with God and isn 't evil, so God says to him, "Make a boat, put all your family in it, plus loads of animals, and then God floods the earth to get rid of all of the sort of unforgivably evil people so Now we've got back to a better place. We've got the earth God created, the animals he created, and a bunch of humans who aren't evil. But it's still not as good as it used to be, where the humans were best friends with God and worked alongside him because the humans aren't free to go back to how things were before. They still owe the devil.
1: And then these humans have babies who have babies who have babies. And one of these babies is called Abraham or actually he's called Abraham and God renames him to Abraham. But that's another story. Um, And although things aren't perfect, Abraham is good friends with God. And God makes him a promise and says, I'm going to bless you and your family and you'll be huge. Not Abraham, his family and really important. (laughs) You're going to be really fat. Um, And this is impossible. Because Abraham's wife can't have kids, but God is God and he does a miracle.
0: Shazam. And
1: she has baby. Woo. And Abraham's son is called Isaac and then Isaac has baby and one of his sons is called Jacob and then Jacob has babies and he has 12 sons, including Joseph with ah. his a dream coat. Um, and throughout all of these generations, they're not perfect, but they're all friends with God.
0: Yes. And so Joseph's story of being friends with God is pretty cool. His brothers try to kill him, end up selling him into slavery to a country called Egypt. But God still loves this family, even though things aren't how they used to be, and uses this huge mess to make Joseph one of the most powerful men in Egypt, which means the whole family get to move to Egypt and everything goes really well for them. But then stuff starts to go wrong again. The Egyptians feel threatened by this family because stuff is going so well for them. And they make them slaves. And this family end up stuck in slavery in Egypt for 400 years.
1: But because God is still with them and he still loves them, he says, don't worry, I will get you out of there. And then God, again, uses an awful situation and brings something really good out of it. So all the Egyptians decide they're going to kill all the baby boys of this this big family, because the family is now so huge. Um, But there's one woman who manages to save her baby by putting him in a basket in the river, and this kid is called Moses.
0: Oh, Moses, what's that?
1: (laughs) And mostly, Moses is a good guy, but he makes a bunch of mistakes, as we all do. But as seems to be God's style, God uses Moses' mistakes, and eventually leads him to be the guy who manages to get this whole family out of Egypt and into freedom.
0: Yes, but it's obviously not that straightforward because it never is with people. God has led them out of Egypt into the desert where he stops to chat to Moses about the plan and what stuff is going to be like now that they are free. But this family, this nation of people, they don't like not being in control. They don't like letting God be in charge. So just like Adam and Eve, they decide to try ditching God and taking charge. And so God lets them do their own thing and wander around lost in the desert for 40 years until they decide to trust him again. Now, by this point, Moses has died and a guy called Joshua has taken this place. And God uses Joshua to lead them to a country where they can settle in and call their own.
1: Yes. And then there's basically loads of generations of this family, this nation, because they're now massive. And they have lots of different leaders over time. Some are good, some are bad. Sometimes things are going well, sometimes not so much. But for the most part, they're still friends with God. Although, again, it's never quite the same as how it used to be because they still owe the devil for, for him helping them to ditch God in the first place. And then they decide that they don't want God to be in charge of them anymore. They want to choose their own king. So again, they try to ditch God. Ah, guys, wise up. (laughs) They haven't learned that things always go wrong when they try and ditch God. Um, But God is kind and he respects their decision to want a king. And he finds a really good guy to be, to be the king. And he's called David. Legend. <laughs> I was kind of expecting you to say that. Uh-huh. Um, and God makes a promise to David that the ultimate king will come out of his family line in the future. Um, but again, this nation, this family keep making terrible decisions and trying to ditch God. And God warns them over and over and over again that if they don't pull themselves together, it is going to go badly. It's not going to end well. But unsurprisingly, they don't listen.
0: They do not. And then this family, this nation, has a row over, weirdly, how much tax they should pay. And it causes a huge family split and they end up splitting into two nations, Israel and Judah. And then some nearby nations conquer them both and Israel gets taken over by Assyria and Judah by Babylon. So things are now pretty much as bad as they could be. God still speaks to both sides of the family, even when they've separated and been conquered. And he keeps saying to them over and over again, I love you. I will save you. I will come and rescue you. He is constantly helping them out of the mess that they have created for themselves.
1: And then there is a really long time where it seems like God isn't actually doing anything. 400 years, to be precise, which is a really long time. And then the rescue plan kicks in. And we have seen over and over again that this family get themselves in a mess because they prefer to do all of this stuff their own way and then God finds a really good human to use to help them out of trouble but it never lasts very long. They keep forgetting and they keep making the same mistakes. They keep trying to ditch God. So this time God goes all in and he makes himself into a human called Jesus and he comes and he physically hangs out with these people and reminds them what he is like and that he loves them and that he has great plans for them. Um, but they're still in this situation where it can never be as good as it used to be, because they still owe the devil, and the devil won't let them work alongside God and be best friends with him like they, they used to be,
0: but God loves the human so much that he basically says to the devil, "Let them be free, so they don't owe you any more, and you can kill me i'll have i I'll, I'll pay the debt and You'll still get what you want. They won't be able to hang out with me because I'll be dead, but they won't owe you anything. They'll have their freedom. This is the ultimate knight in shining armor story, like sacrificing himself to save the person he loves, the people that he loves. And so, God, as Jesus, gets killed. And it seems like a tragic love story, but the devil has massively underestimated how powerful God is. Death cannot hold him down. So, Jesus comes back to life, and it's the ultimate victory because all the humans are free. And God is alive, and now they can go back to working together and being best friends.
1: That um, so,
0: <laughs> was such a feeble so woo-hoo.
1: <laughs> woohoo. My voice kind of broke.
0: Hallelujah.
1: <laughs> and so God says to them, <laughs> Go and tell everyone it's done. Tell them I've had the victory. You can be free. You can hang out with me again. And so they start telling people and gathering people together to hang out with God. And that's the church. That's how the church started. And God says to them, one day, once we've gathered everybody, this world will end because there's still a lot of bad stuff going on in it. And I'll create a new world for us to all live in together where the bad stuff will be gone and things can be fully how they should have been in the first place if we'd ended where we said we should have ended. And that's it. That's the amazing story of the Bible and we basically live just before the end of the story. So God has died for our freedom, we no longer owe the devil anything and we can work alongside God, we can be best friends with him and we're just waiting for this new world to come where all of the bad stuff will be over for good.
0: Wowzers. Yes. That was good. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what you guys think of that story. When you look at your Bible, that epic story of love and sacrifice is maybe not what you think of. But hopefully it's made you think it might be worth reading a bit of it. So, Rach, where do we even start when we read the
1: Bible? So, although we've told you the story from start to finish, I wouldn't recommend starting at the beginning. Don't sing the song, Let's Start at the Very Beginning, because it's not a very good place to start. I know.
0: Start at the very beginning? You know, what a song.
1: Let's start at the very beginning. No? Oh, Sound of Music? No. Just me? Okay.
0: You're so sweet.
1: <laughs> Thanks, it was my favourite film as a kid. You loser. I know. Um... As we said, the Bible is like Shrek written by flies. So you can imagine fly number one writing you an epically long story about exactly what the swamp was like, what Shrek's day-to-day activities were like, the exact shade of greeny brown that made up the mud. How far was it from Shrek's front door to the toilet? And before <laughs> <That is> Shrek... <laughs> such
0: a good description of what the early like some of the early Bible is like. It's like, uh-huh.
1: I don't care. Thanks
0: for the detail. No, we
1: do oh, care. we do care. We do care. <laughs> <laughs> shrek ever heads off in his adventure you've given up reading because you're totally lost in the random details which we do care about but we do get lost yes in um and you can't remember what the point was in the first place the bible can feel a bit like that and i'm not saying don't read the whole bible i'm currently doing the bible in a year which means i'm essentially reading from start to finish the story of shrek written by flies Um, But if you've never read your Bible before at all, this isn't where I'd recommend you start.
0: Yes. The most epic bit of the story is obviously the bit where God decides to give up his own life to save the humans and then rises from the dead. So that is potentially a pretty epic and great place to start. It's like watching the trailer for a great film. Mm -hmm. Um, And you'll get to know a lot about what God is like because he's literally walking around as a human, as Jesus chatting to people. You'll get to see the best bits of knight in shining armour action from the whole story. So where in the Bible actually is that? It is in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and they all tell us uh, sort of essentially the same bit of the story from four people's different perspectives because it's so epic it got written down a lot of times and Mark is the shortest version of this story so it's quite easy to read. So reading the book of Mark might be the best place for you to start. Yeah. Did you mean that to rhyme? No. oh that's
1: awesome thank you I'm a poet and I didn't know it Um, (laughs) sorry the other way to start with the bible is basically to say now I know the overarching story of what's in there I'd really like to know what it tells me about what God's like or what it tells me about how I should live my life or what it says about what God thinks of me And now if there had been no other Christians before you, you would now have to read the entire Bible to find the answer to those questions. But you're in luck. You're not the first. And other people have done the hard work for you. There are tons and tons of devotionals and Bible reading plans out there where basically someone has asked a question like what does God think about me and then found all of the helpful bits in the Bible and put them together for you. So you can get devotional books, apps, podcasts, the YouVersion Bible app which we've talked to you guys about before has absolutely loads of Bible reading plans looking at any topical question that you could want. Have a search through it and see if there's anything that you think would be interesting.
0: So that is our challenge for you today. Start reading your Bible. So firstly, would you like to read some of the story of the Bible or would you like to read about a specific topic or question that you have? If you'd like to read the story, then go and read Mark. Don't try and read it all in one sitting unless you really want to. Um, If you look on an app like YouVersion, you'll find plans that help you read through Mark in a week or a month or however long you'd like to do it. Obviously, the faster you want to do it, the more you'll have to read each day. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to read about a specific topic or question, what is that topic? Maybe it is miracles or anxiety or growing in your faith or grief or prayer or friendship. It could be literally anything. Go to the Version app, click plans, which is along the bottom. Click find plans, which is at the top and see what you can find. You can search the topic you're interested in or scroll through the stuff that they've got featured. There is a whole section of youth Bible reading plans if you scroll down.
1: Yes, so this is literally what it looks like to read your Bible. It is not more complicated than this. I think sometimes we think it's more complicated than this, but you don't have to read the whole Bible. Just pick a bit that interests you and start there. Give it a read.
0: Yeah, and you start as you read it, you start to understand that you want to read more bits. You want to see how it all interacts. But yes, yeah, start simple um, and don't don't be intimidated by it as well because yes. like you can you can access it like this and it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, wowzers, that was a lot, but I think it was really good.
1: Yes, um, I hope that was very helpful. Obviously
0: I'm biased because half of it was me. Yeah. Um, but I hope it was helpful. Um, and If
1: nothing else, you got to hear me sing again. Yeah, that was really lovely. Um,
0: and obviously <laughs> if you've got questions off the back of this, bring them to your small group on Tuesday. Um, but I'm going to pray now and then I'm going to wrap us up. So, um, Lord, first of all, we just thank you for this epic love story that we get to read of just how much you love us, how much the lengths you went to to save us when... Um, man, we were frustrating Uh, all the way through history. You're just like, people, what's wrong with you? Um, But Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that we have it, that we can read about you, read about your love for us and what you've done for us, that we um, can read about it freely, that we've got Bibles all over the place. There's all these um, apps that help us do it. Lord, thank you for all of that. And I just pray now that as the young people try to read their Bible or, or read it again Or get into a new bit of it, Lord. Would you open it up to them? Would you make it really accessible? Would their eyes know what they're reading? Would their hearts understand? Um, And would this be, for some people, the start of the lifelong habit of reading your word and being guided by it? And would it just start with that first step of, right, I get that this is an important story and I'm going to give it a go. Amen. Amen. Oh, Amen. Fantastic. Well, guys, we will see, as we said, in your small group on Tuesday, unless you're not in one, in which case, text the youth phone oh seven four seven one two one eight two one nine, and we will put you in one
1: yes. because they're awesome. They are awesome. See you there. See you there. Bye. Bye.